This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to the program, and boy, am I feeling wintry. Might have something to do with January, right? Yeah, a little. Um, it's interesting what you said before the break, Ramia Muthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the program. You know, you made the comment that there's so much to keep you occupied before Christmas, and in January is that kind of desert of snow, cold, and what do you do? And if you're lucky enough to be a person, whether you're interested in winter sports or just those casual things, even if it's finding that cold place to go and enjoy hot chocolate and stand mm. outside, well, I'm out in the fresh air at least, um, I got thinking, tobogganing, as we were talking about earlier, skating, that was the big thing. Wherever Skating's I could go awesome. and skate... And again, as as my vision is where it is now, I'd kind of worry about running people over. But I even liked when I was really little, and it seemed even better, roller skating in the winter better than the summer. Inside oh. even. It just seemed like, why are we roller skating inside in the summertime? Shouldn't we be out? It didn't, to me, seem that way. Now, again, a lot of people got the roller blades and things like that in your era. Yep. Uh, so it became more, and, and people, don't get me wrong, people I, uh, roller skated outside too, um, you know, when I was a kid. But most of us went to places where we wouldn't destroy our shoe, our roller uh, skates and, and paid that few bucks and went to music and skated round and round with wild lights. I... To me, like not roller skating, but rollerblading felt like just something we did for a couple of summers as a kid, and then we just grew out of it. Whereas skating feels very lifelong. Like Lifetime. winter comes around, yeah. yeah winter comes yeah. around, and you you want to go out there. Uh, you start having kids in the family. You want to take your kids out there. You know, like it just feels like a winter sport on rotation rather than just a phase that I went through. So but it's you interesting learned how to skate you. later. Did uh, rollerblading, your history, rollerblading, or your experience I've, help I was you with skating the... as a kid as well, just not really well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, did, I thought you only learned a few years ago. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. My, very good. Might be this thinking guy of swimming. Our ne- oh. <laughs> did you actually learn that yet? <laughs> I, I can swim to save my life in a pool. Oh, okay. That's All right. It. So in a panic when you really can jump can... up on the water and run. Okay. Yeah. Run. Gotcha. Right. Uh, this guy can skate. I know our next guest as we shine a light on finance with Ryan Bradley Chin, certified financial uh, planner at Sun Life Financial. Hello, it's Ryan Chin. I'm a certified financial planner. Listen in as I talk money with Kelly and Ramya, where we will explore the world of finance. From navigating RDSP savings to retirement planning, I'll help you design a roadmap for tomorrow. You learned how to skate before W. Ross, didn't you? Uh, um, yeah, of course. But I learned how to swim there, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, kind of went to the Olympics for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But so did you actually skate before W. Ross or only once you went there? I, I, I no, skated I, before, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I skated before, but but very very little before because I came from Barbados. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. just just swimming for you, there, especially outside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not not a lot of ice. Yeah. Uh, hanging a champion out in the swimmer. Good yeah. grief, champion swimmer. Uh, pal, uh, we got an interesting topic today, and we've eaten into your time as Rumya keeps making us do. Can you uh, kick it off here? Oh, did yeah, I lose your sure. You, oh, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, sure. There you uh, go. Well, I mean, hey, uh, we, we, we've touched on a few different topics. Um, and, uh, yeah, we thought we'd uh, touch on life insurance. Okay. 
All right, what would be one of those? Is it because we should of? be considering this as a New Year's resolution, right? Oh, oh, there's a thought. Good timing. Yeah, why are we doing this in Jan? Well, we do it in Jan because typically when, you know, right around the holiday times, we all get around our family. Everyone starts talking about, you know, things that they, that you know, that they want to do. They set their resolutions, but invariably it always comes down to, you know, that life expectancy. We're with grandma, grandpa, we're, and then, you know, this is our last Christmas together. Oh, you know, and yeah. Fair. We start oh. to think about these things. Or we try to swim and we get ourselves in panic. Uh, okay. What would be some of the other reasons that someone would want to have it when it comes to, you know, mortgages and stuff like that? Like, how do you make that kind of just paying things off if things go sour? Yeah, no, I mean, so, I mean, life insurance is based on a need. And and that's the bottom line. It's not about want, it's about need. And some of the things that we evaluate when we think about need, why we would need to have some life insurance, maybe it's mortgage protection. Maybe it's an estate planning need. You know, I want to make sure that I leave, you know, $5 million to Kelly McDonald uh, when I pass away. You know, maybe it's the fact that you have a brand new child uh, and you want to have some protection in place for that. Uh, purpose. So need is really what it is, uh, you know, a, a large debt or a liability and or just simple final expenses. Right. Yep. Covering the funeral and such. Right. Okay. Um, I, I do want to ask you, like, why people would be against the idea of life insurance. But before we get there, let's talk about what life insurance is. Are there different types? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is we've got uh, so some different levels, which like accidental death insurance. Uh, 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 true, the true term is accidental death and dismemberment insurance is one mm -hmm. option. We've got term life insurance, whole life insurance, or what they would call permanent life insurance. And then there's participating permanent life insurance. And in other words, we can call this uh, universal life insurance. Term insurance is, is more of a product for a term need, like you've got a mortgage or you've got a loan, uh, some some kind of debt that has an end date, term insurance. You know, it's only available for that period of time. Whereas whole life insurance or participating permanent life insurance, those are more legacy or long-term needs. Like we don't know, there really is no fixed end date. It will, it will be when it will be, and that's when we want it to pay out. How long are term insurances usually? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, so there are some policies that are like five-year terms, 10-year term, 15, 20, uh, and 30-year terms would be okay. sort of the longest time. So, uh, you know, times you've seen insurance advertised, they're telling you on TV, hey, um, okay, hang on. Rye, are you good there? Okay, we got your back there. Right, a lot of time you've seen in, you know, commercials on TV and then yeah, you always hear somebody out, say, okay, okay. Um, you hear people talk about, yeah, but it depends if you qualify. You know, there's usually they get you there and then there's some stunt or whatever and you don't qualify. Can anyone apply and get life insurance? What should the listeners, what should our listeners need to know about the application process? Yeah, I mean, that's a, right there, bingo, bango, right? I mean, uh, life insurance is based on three things. It's based on your age, your smoking status, and your health. And 
you know, the the best time to buy life insurance it's when your youngest age possible. Before you start smoking. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, before and you, before, <laughs> as a matter of fact, before you go to school. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I'll tell you, the best time to buy life insurance is buy it for your baby, buy it for your child. Yeah. It's the best time because they got nothing wrong with them and they're, you know, they're, yeah, this is uh, serious. they're, they're not like, smoking and, and yeah. they're young. Um, that is true. Oh, that's a bit of a liability there. They are young, you know. They might swallow a button or something. <laughs> Between the ages of four and fourteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so th those are those are key key things. So with age, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cal, uh, Romeo, you, all of us, we're we're the youngest we're gonna ever be anymore. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, that's encouraging. So, so that, that's where we're at. And, um, you know, fortunately, we're non-smokers, which is a good thing. And and mm -hmm. on our health, well, you know, that's unpredictable. So Mr. it depends McDonald's on how you feel today. a long today. time ago. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, really, that's really what it is. And 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 health reasons can be many, many, re like there could be many reasons why mm. uh, life insurance don't um, uh, approve based on health reasons. It's all because of risk. When we think about risk, we think about, you know, who, you know, what are, what, what is it that we're trying to cover and are there um, situations, uh, you know, through your health that could apply an additional risk? You know, maybe you have diabetes. That's an additional risk. Right. Um, yep. So, so you asked the question about, you know, are there other, you know, things that you have to know? There are no medical options. There are life insurance companies out there that will that will offer you a no medical life insurance policy, but with that comes a little extra premium because there's a reason you're applying for no medical options, which means you know there's some health issue. So they're going to charge you a little more. So what kind of questions would they even ask you, right? Like, is there such th thing as too personal of a question for life insurance? I feel like these guys want to get into my family history and predisposed health conditions and all of this other stuff. So, Rumi, I'm going to ask you to repeat there. You kind of blended. I was just asking what kind of questions would they ask you during the application? And is there such thing as too personal of a question? I mean, obviously yeah. they want to know what you're predisposed to, what runs in your genetics, your family history, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so they're not allowed to legally ask specifically about genetic exposures, but they do ask many questions around like your smoking status. How often do you have a alcoholic beverage do you particular uh, participate in any extracurricular um you know pharmaceuticals oh, uh okay. you know uh have you ever had a stroke a heart attack uh have you, ms you know have you your mother father brother sister ever been diagnosed with and there's quite a you know cancer uh, uh there's quite a list of of things that they'll ask because what they're trying to understand is that risk you know is is the risk going to be on the side of the insurance company and or uh if it is then they want to understand what those risks are Okay. okay. All right. So yeah. when you look at that, it's like there's no real medical options without feeling like they're trying to navigate through or charge it to the hilt anyway on your on your regular premium. Yeah, and let's think about this. I mean, the reason we buy life insurance is we it's a transference of risk. We're we're saying to them, "Hey, for a fee, we want you guys to assume the risk of this particular liability." 
whatever it is. You know, if it's a million dollar term life insurance policy because you have a, a loan, a mortgage, or it's a $50,000 permanent policy because you want to leave a legacy for, for, for a young one. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. We're asking them to take on a, a, um, a risk and you're paying them for the for the for the obligation of that risk. Okay, so Ryan, going back to these options, as you said, um, the different types of insurance. How do we know what's best for us or our future or our family or any of this stuff? Because you know, if you're saying there's a lot to weigh in here, right? If you're saying that the it's better to get life insurance when you're young. Well, right now we may not have a family. We may not have a mortgage or things in that specific way to consider. Uh, so how do we decide? Yeah, that's it. right there. Bingo. I mean, this is where you really should talk to an advisor, whether it be a financial advisor or a planner, you know, have some consideration because you need to assess those needs. What are those needs? And then what is your plan? Um, you know, when right. working with an advisor with, at Sunlight Financial, of course, what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and, and, and try to understand what is your current need as well as what are your long-term goals? What are you trying? What, what, what's the purpose of the life insurance? Because, I mean, we, if you called me up and said, hey, I, I want to buy life insurance because my friends told me I should have it, I'm going to say, why do, why do they feel you need to have it? And if you can't competently answer the question or comfortably answer the question, then then maybe life insurance isn't the right fit. Um, so we really need to understand what that is. Now, how do we know what's the right fit? Well, um, through that conversation, once we establish need, then we determine does the need of this particular, what, what policy fits this need? Uh, for example, if uh, your need falls under a longer term, I want to make sure no matter what happens, whenever it happens, that I leave a little bit of money for Rumia, then that's a longer term need and that's a little more permanent versus, well, if something happens to me in the next five years, I want to make sure some money is left, then that's a little more of a term need. Mm. Wow, so much to cover, Ryan. It really is, yeah. and and you know, and making those decisions, knowing for ourselves. Maybe we pick this up again a little bit down the road, Ryan, and and push it. We're out of time. Uh, yeah. Thanks, pal. Especially because if needs change and you're already oh, locked sure. in, so to say, wonder if there's any options around yeah. that. Yeah, that, it's a great question. Maybe we, yeah, let's pick it up next month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, pal. Uh, Thank you all. And Becky Armstrong on Eyes on Your Money, the AMI original podcast. To reach Ryan directly, of course, you can send an email to ryan.chin at sunlife.com. Up next, folks, when we return on the other side of the break, regional director Trina Casey Myatt joins us to discuss some of the uh, new hiring trends across Canada. Interesting always on these conversations with the folks over there at Robert Half. We'll do that after this. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. 
available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.